afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, friends of all ages. That is not a pass at pedophiles, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome. What a weird way to start off an afternoon show. Welcome to another edition of Lone Star News, coming to you guys live here over from the uh, Mr. CTV studios. I am your host, Mr. C also known as Michael Aaron Gossidis, and we'll be with you guys for about the next hour just to talk a little bit about any concerns or quandaries that are happening in the Lone Star State. Well, just doing what we can to cover some of those concerns, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, last time we were on, about a day ago, we were talking about Henry, sorry, not Henry, not Herbert, not Howard, Charles, but... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, owner, operator, president, CEO, heir to the butt fortune in Texas, just trying to uh, familiarize the nation with some Texas kin folk, ladies and gentlemen, that you might want to be aware about when we're talking about who's pulling the strings and who is paying off the politicians. Well, you want to look to none other than your local booming businesses or unions, whichever they might happen to be, ladies and gentlemen, in Texas. When we're not talking about Texas gold, we're not talking about that Texas tea. You know, that stuff that sludges down the throat on a very, very bad night. Uh, we're talking about uh, the uh, Texas grocery uh, gold business, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, billionaire, 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 Texas, Texas old money. Talked about on our last episode of the Sea Report. Very good, the Sea Report of Lone Star News. We are we are doing Lone Star News in this afternoon hour. Very, very interesting episode. So what we're doing today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're actually going to talk about uh, the Uvalde Report that just came out, damning as it was, well, you know, within the last few days or so, as we catch up with some Texas news. Ladies and gentlemen, also uh, a little bit of election news for Texas. Why not? You know, why not go there? But uh, being that we only got about an hour to get through all the material I'd like to share with you guys today, we're going to jump right in to today's episode of Lone Star News. And I hope everyone is doing well out there, whether you are joining us live at rumble.com or at pilled.net or the foxhole.app, twitch.tv, 
clouthub.clouthub. Actually, it's probably like clouthub.app or clouthub.com. I'm sorry, I don't have clouthub's exact address down in my head, but it is there somewhere. If you are a member of clouthub and you're watching us now, uh, well, then welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Particularly, though, however, I should welcome any of our Texas kinfolk out there, because that's what this hour is about. It's all about Texas news and current events. It says it right there on the sign. Ladies and gentlemen, don't get it confused. But, uh, well, we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, we know the Texas peeps are out there. So uh, let's see here, ladies and gentlemen, as we reacquaint ourselves with uh, some of the goings-ons in Texas, as I said, we are going to start with El Paso, Texas. Now, what con can absolutely be going on in El Paso, Texas that you might be wondering? It's worth the mention here on Lone Star News. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a Texas uh, a citizen, you might remember something called the primaries that took place back in uh, March 2022, the year of our Lord and our Savior. Now, if any of you guys have heard me rant and rant and rant on and on during the C report about election integrity and election fraud and election interests and our elections in general, well, then you know, ladies and gentlemen, exactly how I feel about such types of shenanigans happening. Now, apparently, the city of El Paso at uh, this date in July... Uh, the 20th is today, guys, so keep in mind, you know, keep in mind, we're at the end of the month, okay? They have finally released the results of their primary elections. That is to say, could they possibly have done a worse job than uh, McCormick and Oz over in Pennsylvania. Someone get me the Pennsylvania hotline over here right now, ladies and gentlemen. I need to know. Have they certified the Oz McCormick election? <laughs> I haven't had the chance to look it up. But um, the El Paso County Elections Department finally releasing... This primary and a runoff, I might add, occurred back in March and, what, May, respectively. How much fraud do you think they did in El Paso to fix the elections the way they wanted to, is what I'm wondering. You know, I mean, something we might have to explore here in the state of Texas when we're talking about elections and we're talking about, I don't know, efficacy security, reliability, trust, you know? How about this? Confidence, ladies and gentlemen. Confidence in our elections. And El Paso, oh, I don't know, what was that? July, three months later? What, wait, March to April, April to May, May to June, four months later, almost five months later. So what, in El Paso, we have election day plus five months? Is that what you're trying to tell me? 
Election day plus five months, El Paso. What is taking you so long to figure out the results of your primary and your runoff election? No, 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 don't tell me. This is the results of their primary. We don't even have the results of the runoff yet, ladies and gentlemen. The rest of Texas has already figured it out, but El Paso hasn't. So obviously what this should denote to people in El Paso or concerned Texans or heck, even concerned Americans, ladies and gentlemen, is um, if Texas has already figured out the results of the primary and the runoff, and El Paso is now just figuring it out. You know that this was about local politics. You know that it took El Paso almost five months to figure out what the results are of their elections because it was a local heat up. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, we're probably talking like city council member, a city council member, governor, wait, governor, that's that's the statewide, my bad, mayor, you know, commissioner, right? Everyone was just duking it out in El Paso for who was going to win. And all of them were like, this is El Paso. This is the, uh, what do we call it? El Paso's the suppository of Texas, right? So, okay, so El Paso's like, where do we stick it, right? Everyone's like, we know everyone in El Paso, whether they're Democrat, Republican, city official, whatever. I mean, you want to talk about the bluest, the, the Mariana Trench of Texas, and most of the weight goes to Beto O'Rourke, by the way, and the O'Rourke dynasty well, actually, I shouldn't say O'Rourke Dynasty. It's whatever his wife's name is, because after all, Beto O'Rourke's wife is an heiress to some type of a multimillionaire to billionaire old fart that used to do uh, um, uh, that used to do property deals and stuff like that. But anyways, it's because of the O'Rourke uh, family there that um, El Paso reaches the depths of the Mariana Trench, ladies and gentlemen, as far as it is blue, okay? So we can call it the suppository there. So everyone there is in on the fix, right? Everyone who's anyone who's involved in politics or media in El Paso, they're in on the fixed. Most of all, if not least of all, Beto Robert Francis O'Rourke, okay? So, Everyone's like, we all got a suppository. Yes, we're getting back to the suppository analogy. They're like, we all know that we need to stick it. Um, whether they're Republican, Democrat. So, you know, for El Paso, as a county and a city, to take four to five months for them to figure out their elections, when the rest of the state has already moved on, and they're already figuring out that they need to decertify 2020, okay, <laughs> El pa this has got to be about city politics, city infighting, uh, you know, uh, uh, communal, countywide, municipal, just, you know, uh, punch and counterpunch, ladies and gentlemen. It's what this has got to be about when the rest of Texas has already figured it out, ladies and gentlemen, unless they're just so deep blue... They've lost, uh, they've lost brain function from the lack of oxygen. You get it? Deep blue, right? They're, they have no oxygen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> mm. 
What's going on, Subpack Vet? Good to see you over there at the Foxhole. What's up, Foxholers? Working and lurking. We'll work on and lurk on good friend Subpack Vet. And we shall carry on here at the Sea Report. Let's take a look at an article about this El Paso County finally releasing their official 2022 primary. Hopefully this includes the runoffs, but primary election results. Uh, article goes this way. This is coming from, uh, where is this coming from? Let's give credit where credit is due. Thegazette.com. This has got to be a local. It's probably like the El Paso Gazette or something like that. So uh, let's see here. Article says the El Paso County Clerk and Recorder's Office released the final official results. The final official results of the 2022 primary election Friday. And the process included audits of a higher number of races than usual to augment transparency, officials said in a news release. Oh, okay. So... The reason why this primary took so long is because we had audits of a higher number of races than usual. That's interesting. Uh, you know, like, beep, beep, back up the truck, as someone would say. But um, audits, uh, you know, the last time we heard about audits during a 2022 primary was in Georgia. And we were finding some of the most curious numbers about exactly what was going on in Georgia uh, 2022 primary. So that, uh, that actually leads to a lot of questions, ladies and gentlemen. It says clerk and recorder Chuck Browerman said in the release, the election's successful completion is a testament to the strength and integrity of our democratic system, a bipartisan appointed canvas board reviewed the final official results, which are available online through the county election department websites. They include additional ballots from military and overseas voters, as well as ballots that were counted after ID, signature, or other issues were resolved. Oh, so they could just be doing their work over there, ladies and gentlemen. They could just be doing their work. It says part of the process to complete the election includes a required risk-limiting audit. Okay, all right, a required risk-limiting audit. Okay, of a standard number of races, Browerman said. And you know, I'm going to I'm going to kind of jump the gun here, ladies and gentlemen, just a little bit. I'm from Texas. We jump guns, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, let's talk about this risk-limiting audit. Just, just a smidge, just a smidge as a lead-in to our next story for today here at Lone Star News. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk a smidge about this risk-limiting audit because you guys need to understand as we approach September, and there are multiple reasons why September is a very important month, has nothing to do with my birthday, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, but September is a very important month. And so think about the risk-limiting audit. What is your risk-limiting audit? Well, under the, the, the standard guidelines for risk-limiting audits, you take like what? You choose a random race, okay, in a random county, okay, 
and you can uh, you need to audit the electronic ballot images and possibly depending on what state you're in do a ballot hand recount of the same batch of ballots that you're doing your electronic ballot image audit of okay and the required amount of ballots to audit in some states is one percent and in some states it's as high as two percent ladies and gentlemen that is your risk limiting audit uh, risk limiting audit so you take the state of texas and the numerous the numerous um, election contests on their ticket all right and you are required through a risk limiting audit to do one to two percent of a particular race in a particular county. So, you know, the risk-limiting audit might seem like it's good for capturing a chunk of some randomness in the entire quagmire of the state's elections, but let's be real. Let's take a look at what the Texas Secretary of State's office decided to do in regards to the Texas 2020 election forensic audit, the biggest and the boldest and the grandest election audit to ever exist in the nation's history. So tell me why, Texas Forensic Audit and uh, Secretary of State Scott, tell me why, if this audit is indeed, as Governor Rhino Abbott says, the biggest and the boldest and the most thorough and the most accurate forensic audit ever in our nation's history. Tell me why part one of that audit was a risk-limiting audit that took us down to the electronic ballot images of the railroad commissioner's race in the county of Namier County some random county, supposedly, all right, in a conventionally conservative area where their elections always reliably and undeniably go the way they should. Risk-limiting audits really are not that random, ladies and gentlemen. If you can choose the criteria, the criteria being the election race to audit and the county to audit, well, let's just go ahead and audit good old Bear County. We know that they are always on the up and up over there. We can depend on the fraud. We can depend on the theft. We can depend on the duplicitousness. So yeah, no, not so random, really, if you as a Secretary of State can uh, choose an, uh, can choose a county and a race that will reflect the standard of uh, procedures that are going to take place. Risk-limiting audits, ladies and gentlemen, are nothing more than glorified and highly limited recounts, ladies and gentlemen. They are not 
they are not, and I repeat, are not efficient types of audits. When we're talking about, uh, especially when we're talking about full forensic and thorough audits, come on, Abbott, come on, Scott. We know what a forensic audit looks like. I mean, uh, Arizona walked us through the process, and you expect the people of Texas to believe that a risk-limiting audit performed before the forensic audit was even in demand is going to suffice and satisfy the people of Texas, let alone the stenographers of history as they look back at this time in our state's history and they say, did that Rhino Abbott do the right thing? Was that forensic audit truly thorough and complete? Or is the gold standard really in Arizona? Okay, because I can guarantee you one thing, Abbott, once we get Carrie Lake in, in Arizona, she's going to be dumping all over your ass, buddy. Okay, because you want to talk big like Texas is big, but you're just a bunch of fake ass rhinos. Carrie Lake is going to chew you up and spit you out. She has no bias against people in wheelchairs. They're all equal. Under God, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> mm. Pretty bad when you got your own uh, your own Texas uh, Texas talking mouth uh, wanting to be part of Arizona. Anyways, okay, so let's get back into this article. I just had to say that about risk limiting audits, guys, because we're gonna talk about the election forensic audit in Texas next. Uh, finishing up with this article, it says here, according to this Browerman individual, and again, just so we can revitalize our memories, Browerman is the uh, El Paso County clerk and recorder, Chuck Browerman. Okay, now, if you guys have been paying attention to anything that we talk about with election integrity measures, or at least... If you guys were uh, paying attention to and remember some of the proceedings in Arizona, Maricopa County, it is the clerk or and the recorder. Think about clerk Tina Peters, right? They're the ones who are the ultimate say and responsibility on the precinct or the county's election results. Like they are the ones that report directly to the Secretary of State or the Secretary of Snakes, depending on what state you're living in, the clerk is the one that is the direct report to the Secretary of State. So, Browerman, that's who we're talking about now. Uh, here, Browerman has uh, talked about this um, uh, uh, audit. He says, part of the process to complete the election includes a required risk-limiting audit of a standard number of races. Recognizing the public's interest, however, our office chose to do more. Oh, 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 Browerman, Browerman, are you going above and beyond? It says, we audited additional races to demonstrate our commitment to enhancing transparency in our elections. The audit substantiates the accuracy of our process. So, Browerman, are you telling me, bro, bro, Browerman, are you telling me that you uh, simply performed a higher quantity of risk-limiting audits 
which ultimately serve no purpose. Say, uh, say Broerman's like El Paso County, Texas. We're going to do precinct number, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And precinct number, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Broerman, depending on how long he's been in that office, knows that he can depend on those precincts to reflect an accurate number of paper ballots to electronic ballots, ladies and gentlemen, images, and that things will be the way they need to be. You know, we won't need to audit DeKalb County, Georgia, and find out that, uh, you know, Bradford Raffensperger, Secretary of State, received a 15% boost from the machines versus the hand counts or whatever, or even the electronic ballot images, right? A 15% boost, right? Because this guy, Broerman, Broerman from El Paso, knows that he can count on those precincts. You see what I'm saying about the the, the limiting audits. I mean, yeah, it's one or 2% of the race that you audit, but you also get to choose which competition and which county that you will choose that one to 2% of. And if that county is like in the 70%, and that's just some weird number coming out of my head, if that county is in the 70% of counties that do things on the up and up, right? You know, the children of God, right? Like they do their elections the way that their state law and their county laws tell them to do it, upholding their oaths, ladies and gentlemen. Well, then, you know, Broerman just says, well, you know, a precinct, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, here in El Paso County. They're always on the up and up. You can always depend on their results to match the actual numbers of their constituents' preferences. We'll check those, ladies. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, if you got a secretary of state who knows the way it works, they can choose a random county, seemingly, and a random race, seemingly, uh, like I said, in Texas, they chose to do this audit, the audit that of the current primary that we had. They have chosen the railroad commissioner's audit for some random super conservative uh, county. So they know it's going to be what it should be about. You know what I mean? But uh, the commissioner's railroad, I mean, come on, really? The commissioner's race, really? The commissioner's race, okay? They probably chose a county where you had... Uh, highly conservative, highly low information voters. And not that they're not low information because they're just sitting there watching TV or they're just on their uh, earbuds or they're in school or they're preoccupied with their 17 hours of work per day. They're low budget because they're of a certain age group and they were voting for a certain man that they did not know was dead at least two to three weeks prior to primary day. And his name was still on the ballot. Good job, Secretary of State Scott. And uh, so he got thousands of votes from these low information voters. Not that it, I didn't say it was their fault that they're low information voters, guys. You got to take that stigma out of there. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, low information voters are low information voters because of their uh, point in life, you know? They can't access the latest gadgets and news and information. They rely on, you know, they rely on what? a very basic knowledge of uh, how to execute the internet on their phone and perhaps 
some kind of a uh, some kind of device that clings to their window to get the daily news and local channels. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about, you know, uh, the boomers and older. They're not all like that, obviously. But here in the state of Texas, when you got someone like the Sarge on the uh, on the ballot against corrupt Wayne Christian as railroad commissioner, ladies and gentlemen, I digress, but I think you can see the importance of why I digress. Let's go ahead and get back into the rest of this article. It says the Secretary of State's office implemented the post-election forensic audit in 2017. The clerk said as part of the process, officials compare a sample of paper ballots against digital tallies to verify results were tabulated correctly. You see this, guys? It is nothing more than a glorified recount of paper versus electronic. They're not looking at anything, anything like batch numbers. They're not looking at any type of actual uh, configurations. Like, if you were to take a percent of those images and simply count them against each other, you're still counting unlawful ballots ladies and gentlemen so what is that all about uh so it jumps into colorado law here which is nice because you know we talk about colorado here at mr ctv we talk about colorado uh during our uh the sea reports in the evenings we talk about we mentioned tina peters actually earlier when we we're talking about the job of the county clerk and recorder so this uh, article from the Texas Tribune references Colorado. It says, required by Colorado law, the Secretary of State's office coordinates the risk-limiting audit and provides statistical evidence that the election outcome is consistent with what was counted, the release states. How interesting that an El Paso County clerk would reference one of the most corrupt secretaries of snakes, ladies and gentlemen, in the state of Colorado, Jenna Griswold. And uh, this, uh, I guess this Browerman, uh, clerk Browerman of El Paso County is like, well, just like Colorado law states down here in the mountains of El Paso, since we're on mountain time, we're not part of the Lone Star State, right? Okay, and they coordinate with this risk-limiting audit with the Secretary of State's audit, okay? So I guess just to make Texas seem more official and piquant, we're going to compare it to the prestigious deep state state of Colorado, okay, as far as they do things. Good job, Clerk Bro Ermin. And who's this guy? Who is this guy on the screen and why do I care about him? The Secretary of State's office must select a county-wide and statewide race for the audit. This year, oh wait, oh wait, oh wait, are you going to check my work? Are you going to check my work? It says this year audit races assigned from the Secretary of State, oh this is for El Paso, were the Democrat primary race to represent U.S. Congressional District 5, the Republican primary races for El Paso County Clerk, and recorder, treasurer, and sheriff, and the Republican primary race for U.S. Senator. How much do you want to bet that we had shenanigans in all of these races, ladies and gentlemen? How much do you want to bet? How much do you want to bet 
when it came to deciding, oh, well, well, the Democrat primary, I guess whatever, but the Republican primary for the El Paso County clerk and recorder, do you think if people in El Paso, do you think of America first, awake Americans, people who are truly awake, people who understand that the Republican uh, Party is a rhino entity that has always been there to deceive us, people who understand, okay, that, um, uh, that the uh, Fox News is an operative there to uh, collate and to combine and uh, collect uh, um, um, low information, awake Americans and patriots. Oh, did you guys know that there was a level of awake Americans and patriots that are low information? There are, they do exist. They watch Fox News and they think that the Republican Party will be the last standing uh, victor against tyranny. They won't. The people will be the last standing victor against tyranny, not the Republican Party. And, uh, and, and uh, so with all of these, ladies and gentlemen, if these people realize how important 2022 is as a race, we probably have some really good Republican contenders in El Paso for county clerk and recorder who understand the importance of the race and also for treasurer and also for sheriff. And because we had such good Republican, we probably had, I'm going to have to go look into it now, we probably had some really good America First, I bet you at least in one or two of those races, we had really good America First, really legit, really awake, really, truly full informational understanding of the situation, conservative Republican, like, you know, the entire... 360 degree view of the conservative and Republican movement. Someone like that, right? Not just a 180. They're just, the people with the 180, they just see Republican is good. Republican is God. Republican is country. They don't understand that Republican is part of a bigger apparatus to deceive you into believing that Republican is good. Republican is God. Republican is country. And it hits right here. Boop. And it just slides down the face. Republican is good. Republican is God. Looks like a little bit of drool by the time you get to Republican is country. And then you better hope that you have a self-dignifying bib on, ladies and gentlemen, because you have been uh, succumbing to diuretic belief that uh, politics are as they seem. They're not. Uh, finishing up this article, uh, uh, anyways, the point of the matter is for this paragraph here, it took them five months to figure out the local races. What did I tell you? Texas figured out where they were going, but El Paso took five months because they needed to botch the local races. Okay, I'm telling you, District 5, Republican uh, County Clerk, Treasurer, Recorder, and Sheriff uh, Offices, Republican Primary Race for Senator. I'm telling you guys... The local races held up El Paso County. They had to fix them. I'm going to have to dig, dig, dig now. Dig, dig, dig. That's what we do here. The county received approval from the Secretary of State to allow the Elections Division and its appointed audit board to audit the following additional races. The release said the Republican primary races for El Paso County Commissioner in District 1 and 5. Additional. Do you see that? and Republican primary races for County Coroner and House District 21. What is going on El Paso? I feel like I've almost come to the table with a half-cooked story, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, please do forgive me. 
I'll try and uh, I will try and uh, how do you say rebound on the story? Mm? Mm. Okay, guys, let's move into our next story. And man, I only got an hour with you guys, so I do apologize. We may not get to Uvalde today, uh, but but let's let's move forward because you know uh, Uvalde is a pretty thick ground to cover, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't quite exactly touched on Uvalde, whether it's during the Sea Report or otherwise. But uh, yeah, I prefer to keep my Texas stories to Lone Star News, but uh, that won't stop me from going off on Texas sometimes during the evening hours. Hey, Tam Grell, what's going on? Surprise! Welcome to your Wednesday edition of Lone Star News at uh, 3 p.m. Central Time. Welcome, welcome. I hope you're doing well this afternoon. And everyone else in the audience, our uh, Wi-Fi connection seems to be working okay today, all right, at least at this given moment, at this given hour, at this given time, and we'll take it uh, for now. Uh, busy day today, actually. Let me go ahead and how about we throw in... Let's see, let's see if my systems are all go. Uh, I've been working on a, um, a, an official C report promotional video. Okay. And it's not quite done, but this is what I got so far. You know, I had to keep it under a minute. You guys know I could go longer than a minute. I have probably, uh, something I'm going to change. Well, I'm just going to show you this. So here, okay. So we have the C report coming up later on tonight, ladies and gentlemen, fear you not. Uh, we're just doing an episode of Lone Star News here at this hour. Glad to have anyone along who is joining us, whether you're on Rumble, follow, like, subscribe. Don't forget, we cover America First News here at Mr. CTV, and we also cover Texas First News here at Mr. CTV because I am based in Texas, ladies and gentlemen, and these things interest me. So if you are a Texas viewer and you're stumbling across this episode for the first time, uh, let ye be known. This is episode number 30 of Lone Star News. And, uh, well, well, this is a show you can expect to see here over at Mr. CTV. Um, and uh, the C-Report will be coming on tonight, probably, probably long about 7.30, ladies and gentlemen, Monday through Friday. But to, here's, this, uh, here's this promo I've been working on. Enjoy to add insult to injury to the children that they groom and that they rape and that they abuse. What is Disney going to do now? And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're going to die on this hill. We're going to be gay and we're going to rape our children no matter what you say because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run see in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald man talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your C-Report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do See in the Dark, which is a late-night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. we got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. Woo! <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer! The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. 
So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the C report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the C report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the C report. And thanks y'all. Anyways, guys, so I just need to tweak some things on that. I'm very, very unprofessional and very lo-fi, okay? But uh, it works. We got someone popping out over at Twitch, a Snithers, a Snither SG or Snithers G, I don't know, Snithers G, <laughs> says that would, that ad would work with every Democrat. <laughs> it might. You know, until, you know, they're like, we're going to rape our children. Anyways, that's terrible. Terrible Snithers SG or Snithers G or Snithers. G <laughs> However you pronounce that. I'm not too sure. Uh, but anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for staying. Thanks for popping up and saying hello. Welcome to the show. Tam Grau says roll them. Yep, there you go. I got to tweak it. I got it. It will still be as lo-fi and unprofessional as what I just shared with you guys. But it will be tweaked, okay? All right. So with that said, uh-oh, Snithers SG has something else to say. He says, you know, with debating Roe versus Wade and having riots about it, they kill their future five-year-old wives. Oh, Lord, Snithers SG is just, uh, <laughs> Snithers SG's doubling down there. Ladies and gentlemen, and maybe it's because by the time they are done debating with Rover Suede, uh, their future five-year-old wives uh, could have made it to that age. I don't know, Snithers SG, you're being naughty, okay? So, uh, thanks, Tam Growl. Tam Growl says nice. Uh, you know, there was something to be uh, understood there about that promo. Maybe you guys might have caught it, but uh, yeah, we'll do another episode of the Sea Report tonight at probably long about 7.30 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. And one last word in from Snithers is, uh, it's like tobacco and condom ads. They prevent slash kill their customers. Oh, man. Da-dun-dun-tsh. Snithers is full of them this afternoon. Snithers, where are you at happy hour? Anyways, we could use good jokes like that at happy hour. Okay, so uh, let's get back into our Lone Star News report for today. Uh, our final story, guys, will have to rebound on um, the Uvalde report, which is good. It's, a, it's a possibly a good thing, right? Because uh, after all, um, the report, I think, is about 70 to 80 pages long. I really would like to finish reading that thing before we get into it. So we'll save it for a rainy day. It might rain tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, but we'll get to that Uvalde report. If you guys hadn't heard about it, it's pretty damning, pretty damning, as big of a distraction as Uvalde was intended to be. 
Um, ladies and gentlemen, well, we will rest our laurels there for the moment. Okay, let's talk about this uh, 2020 election audit report. Okay, because we've already talked about this uh, in today's episode and in previous episodes of the C report. Now, apparently, okay, just so you guys can recall how it's supposed to go down, first of all. Uh, and by the way, Snithers, you are getting a lot of love from the foxhole.app right now. They are just rolling over with your comments, okay? <laughs> We're on multiple platforms, so you might just, you might feel like you're all alone over there in the uh, halls of um, Twitch, Mr. Snithers, but uh, you are in good company, trust me, and believe <laughs> you are in good company. Hmm. Oh, God, Smithers. Snithers, you and your... <laughs> Snithers, might I ask what hemisphere you're located in? Uh, this could be, this could be, this could be the, uh, this could be the, uh, what do you call it? The, um, could be the punchline here, right? Okay, Smithers. Uh, Snithers, I apologize, because Snithers says... Snither says, um, um, I'm happy our, wait, am I happy our doesn't has as, oh, wait, wait, he says he is still in a communist country. Okay. So I was like, well, what hemisphere are you in? He could have said America. Oh, snap. But no, he's in Germanistan, ladies and gentlemen. Well, um, much luck to you over in Germanistan with your, um, a 1,000% socialist government, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's where Olaf took you guys, right? 1,000% socialist, which is basically communist. Uh, I mean, I should, I'm not laughing about it, but, you know, Olaf, right? Took you guys, like, all the way socialist to the left, right? Like, so left, you're going to go right eventually. Anyhow, thanks for joining us, Snithers, from Germany. Uh, over there at Twitch, much appreciate appreciates your um, appreciates your attendance and yep yep the one thousand year communist agenda says Snithers in Germany they're going to take a thousand years in Germany they're moving a lot quicker here uh, either that either they're moving a lot quicker in America on that one thousand year plan uh, Snithers or or we're at the end of that plan. <laughs> in America. Is that a laughing matter? No, it's not a laughing matter. Take a look at this shim sham fake, fake, fake audits that they want to do in Texas. Uh, let me tell you, Snithers from Germany. Let me tell you about this fake audit that they're doing in Texas. If you haven't heard about it now, uh, here's the thing that you uh, might, uh, you actually Snithers probably already understands this about American politics. You know, if you are anywhere under the umbrella of the Republican or Democrat party, Democratic, if you want to be um, proper about it, you know, uh, they, they, as Snithers, I'm sure understands, uh, is they are part of the same party. It's, it's otherwise known as the Uniparty, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans, uh, been kind of going off about that here for a while at Mr. CTV. Now, 
you know, uh, and isn't it funny that when you say the word communist, you think of the color red and then you think of Republican, you think of red. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, that's just all part of the mind, psyop, brain, uh, you know what, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> Hey, D-Patriot1776, how's it going this afternoon? Good to see you, darling. I am on just doing an episode of Lone Star News. We're about to talk about the shim-sham-flim-flam audit that they're having in the state of Texas, okay? Now, let's get to, let's, let's stay on focus, Mr. C. Let's stay on focus, okay, with this fake audit, all right, you know. Now, the point, Snithers, is that they're all fake representatives. They're rhinos. Snithers. Snithers. Have you never heard of the rhinos in America? There are rhinos in America. They are a species that is far from being extinct. Snithers. We should introduce you to the rhinos of America. And Texas is plumb full of rhinos on those plains. Ah, uh, yes, the rhino is very, 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 very much so thriving in the state of Texas. Our governor, Rhino Abbott, after all, declared that we are going to have the most thorough, complete, grandest, biggest election forensic audit this side of the Rockies or the Mason-Dixon line, one or the other, but it's not that at all, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you, if you guys recall, Governor Abbott was put under the microscope. He was put under the microscope. He was put under the spotlight by President Trump. And President Trump said, hey, Abbott, I'm going to call in a favor for all of the times that I endorsed your wheelchair-bound ass. And that favor is, you're going to do an audit, buddy. You're going to be the first state in the union that voted for Trump that is going to perform an audit because you're going to prove that election integrity is big in Texas and Texas is a big Trump supporter and the people of Texas are going to hold you accountable, Rhino Abbott. Could this be his moment, ladies and gentlemen? Could this be the moment that Rhino Abbott is being called up to bat? His masters, his puppet handlers, they're saying, Oh, little um, Rhino Abbott. They're like, Gregory, oh, Gregory, it's time. It's time to step up to plate now. Everything that you've done in service of your rhinoceros hood, Gregory Abbott, has been done in such a way that the people are none the wiser. None the wiser. It's been done through what? It's been done through. Uh, it's been been done through calendaring and uh, legislation and through committees and through hearings. And it's been done through uh, the way that they move legislation in the background at the state house. All right. 
you know, and, and all of the political maneuvers, Rhino Abbott, that you need to make to ensure that the people will vote for you in November, they're all there optically, Rhino Abbott. They are all there optically. And we are taking care of you, Rhino Abbott. We are setting up an audit that will fool the people of Texas into believing that you are on their side, that you are for election integrity, and that you are for exposing election fraud in Texas. But then you got people like me, ladies and gentlemen. You got people like me here at Mr. CTV who uh, can see clear through the bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. So... President Trump calls for the audit of the 2020 election in Texas. Abbott decides that he is going to respond. He responds. And within 24 hours, ladies and gentlemen, Rhino Governor Greg Abbott had the complete plan and formula ready to go for this accurate thorough, gold standard, biggest, baddest, bestest audit in the union to ever take place within 24 hours. Okay, maybe 48 hours, guys, but within 72 hours for sure, Abbott had the entire audit plan down. And this thorough, forensic, gold standard, biggest, baddest, bestest ever audit in this union um, was already halfway complete by the time that Abbott knew that he needed to do a forensic audit as a favor called in from President Trump. How does that make sense? How does a man have a full, complete, accurate, forensic, thorough, biggest, baddest, bestest audit of his election halfway complete before? Before he even knows that he has to have this audit completed, he's phoning it in, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, per Texas state law, we audit our elections almost immediately after they are uh, finished, after they've closed, you know. So based on the audit that is automatically triggered at the completion of an election contest, this audit is halfway complete. And it is probably the most vital portion of this audit because this portion of the audit that was complete by the time President Trump called for an audit and we received the audit results in December of last year, right? 2021, December of last year. It's taking him two years to do an audit, ladies and gentlemen a full, thorough, complete, and forensic audit, and here we stand. How long did it take Arizona to finish their forensic audit, ladies and gentlemen? Their forensic audit went into overtime, but did it take two years? It has not even been two years since the 2020 election has passed. But what has almost passed, what is about to pass, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, federal statute of limitations on the retention period for election data. That um, date expires on September 3rd, 2022. And yet, 
we have the Texas Secretary of State Scott and Governor Rhino Greg Abbott going on and on about this great forensic audit of the state of Texas when the results won't be released until after that data has been erased, which means should those results be wrong or compromised, and the state of Texas decides to ignore its own statute of retention and go with the federal statute of retention, say Secretary of Scott says, well, let's just erase all the data on September 3rd because it's okay by federal guidelines. And I doubt that uh, anyone in the state of Texas is going to ask questions. We have our audit results coming at the end of September, so no one is going to question the retention of that data because they're going to be waiting for the release of that audit result report. And if the report is not good, by the time the people have litigated and jurisprudenced their way into uh, investigating the audit, the Texas state retention period statutory limitations for election data will have expired. And there's not a damn thing they can do about it. That's what the name of the game has been this entire time, ladies and gentlemen. And we stand here at July 20th, 2022. Sounding the alarm for a few months now here at the Sea Report. Glad to hear there are people finally doing something about it at this 11th hour Better late than never, ladies and gentlemen. Better late than never. But uh, yeah, this, this audit is a sham. Like I said, the first half of the audit, which was basically complete by the time it was requested, uh, all they did was a risk-limiting audit of the railroad commissioner's race in some random county, 1% to 2% of the ballots. You take the electronic ballot images versus the hand uh, um, ballots, uh, the hand, uh, the printed ballots, you do a recount of those ballots. You don't check to see if the paper is good or bad. You don't check to see if, uh, you know, what the, um, what the chain of custody looks like for those ballots. You don't do any of that, right? I mean, there are separate, uh, there are separate uh, studies for those, right? But, 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 Basically, you're just doing a electronic ballot image versus a printed ballot hand count. And as long as those numbers match the 1% or 2% of the single race uh, in the single selected county, as long as those numbers check out, it won't trigger a full hand recount. It won't trigger a full investigation of the electronic ballot images and I would submit to my audience that a full, thorough, complete and forensic audit would indeed not require a risk-limiting audit to trigger a full-on recount and inspection. A full, thorough forensic audit by its own definition will do all of that independently because that is the job it is there to do. So Texas does not have this full-on forensic audit that Abbott keeps on going on about. And when they decide to release the second report in this 2020 election audit, at the end of September, well... 
your federal statute of limitations for election data retention will have expired. And by the time any concerned Texan gets into the courts to fight the lies and the sham of this audit that's happening right now behind closed doors with no type of uh, surveillance devices. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that Texas statute of limitations for the retention of election data will also have expired, okay? That's the name of the game. Get past September 3rd, 2020. I hope you guys dig it. I hope you guys get it. That's what we're dealing with in all 50 states in this union, okay? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. So I'm going to go through this article real quick, and then we're going to call it an afternoon here for the Lone Star News. Thank you guys for joining us today. If you did, I hope you all had a great afternoon. Hey, Skeeter Burke, what's up? Good to see you in the audience, my beautiful friend, Skeeter Burke. Mm. And uh, I'm glad that you are picking up today's broadcast. Okay, let's take a look at this article. This comes from uh, WFAA. Oh, whatever that is. It says here, results of Texas and November 2020 election audit expected to come in September. The Secretary of State's office now expects to release the findings of its 2020 election audit after the end of September. After the end of September, a full year after it began. For weeks now, the U.S. House January 6th Unselect Committee has outlined what led to the deadly riots at the Capitol. Former, their words not mine, President Donald Trump officials, including Attorney General Bill Barr, revealed claims of election fraud were lies. Barr says, I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen, which I told the president was bull crap. Last fall, President Trump called for a forensic audit of Texas elections. The state announced an audit was underway hours later. I told you! I said at the most 72 hours, but hours. Now, here's something that you guys should also keep in mind, particularly if you're Texas folk, okay? Um, Governor Abbott uh, um, uh, says he'll agree to do this forensic audit within hours. I would say within 24 hours. You have the entire plan mapped out for this audit. The job of the elections official goes to the Secretary of State. How curious is it, ladies and gentlemen, that when President Trump called for a forensic audit, which we're not getting, I already explained to you guys, we're not getting a forensic audit. Okay, Whatever bull crap they've pulled out, that is what they're calling forensic. And they're expecting you Texans to be stupid enough to believe or just not even informed about this to believe that it's happening. 
Now, how curious is it that on the eve that President Trump calls for this forensic audit from Abbott and within hours, the full audit plan is laid out, is on the eve of when Governor Abbott has no Secretary of State. Oh, wait, are we seeing the cracks in the broken Secretary of State process here in the state of Texas? How on earth did Governor Abbott spit out an entire election audit plan, forensically speaking, in hours when he had zero, no, nil, nothing, nada, vacant. The office of the Secretary of State was vacant, ladies and gentlemen, when Abbott called for that audit because President Trump asked him to. The Deputy Secretary of Snakes, probably that's where your answer is, Texas. The Deputy Deputy Secretary of Snakes. And I'll say this once, and I'm sure I'll say that again at some point in the future, The Secretary of State's office in uh, Texas needs to be an elected office, not an appointed office. Perhaps the Texas GOP can consider putting that resolution on their list of priorities. No more appointments for Secretary of State in Texas. No more. It needs to be elected. The people need to be able to decide whom they are going to have as their top election officials manager in this state. Particularly if our state house is chock full of rhinos, whether they are in the upper chamber or the lower chamber. Let's finish this article. It says here, last fall, uh, President Trump called for a forensic audit and uh, Abbott churned it out hours later. Um, It says here from someone named Remy Garza. Remy Garza says, I don't think there's going to be any evidence found of any widespread fraud that would have had any impact on the outcome of the elections. Garza is both in charge of elections in Cameroon County and leads the Texas Association of Elections Administrators. He was not surprised when on New Year's Eve, the Secretary of State's office found just 32 errors. Of near, out of nearly 4 million uh, votes across Dallas, Collin, Harris, and Tarrant counties. I will say, guys, that's not 100% accurate. Because it's not, ladies and gentlemen, it's not. Uh, they're not. They're not counting for all of the... Um, Votes that were pushed back to the counties to take care of and investigate, ladies and gentlemen. So this Remy Garza guy says, this Remy Garza guy says, uh, there wasn't anything that happened or that's going to be found that would ultimately question the integrity of the elections are, um, are there conducted here in Texas. The four counties made up about 35% of the total votes cast statewide in the 2020 election. Yeah, but if they were to do a full forensic audit of these counties, 
I'm not talking about a risk-limiting audit that somehow kicks off, uh, you know, um, a full forensic audit. I'm talking about, like, we said we're going to do a full forensic audit. We're going to do a full forensic audit, uh, forensic audit, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> anyhow. Anyhow, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. We got a lot of you peeps uh, popping up and saying hello. Uh, what's going on? Rear, rear, real, wheel. Say that name three times twice, right? That's probably why you chose that name. Rear, real, wheel. <laughs> Anyone over beta o fake? Oh, we are so over beta o fake. You know, uh, if I ever, if I ever run out of. Uh, run out of material for Lone Star News, we'll read some of Beta O'Fake's uh, writings, right? Like that stuff's, yeah. <laughs> I'll even show you some of his, uh, some of his uh, videos when he was in a band. You want to talk about out of key with the people of America? That's not a joke. It's a pun out of tune of, <laughs> with the will of the people. Beta O'Rourke could not find a key to unlock a door, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, okay, let's finish this article. I'm already in overtime, okay? All right, so uh, finishing up this article, it says here, in a new statement, the Secretary of State's office says it's still waiting for additional documents from Dallas and Harris counties and plans to finish its audit by the end of September and release findings soon after with early voting set to start in late October. The statutory retention period for all election records is 22 months, federally speaking, <clears throat> which means after September 2022, all of the documents from the November 2020 election can legally be discarded by the counties. So apparently Texas is at a 22 month also. Our agency's forensic audit division plans to complete its work by the end of September with the results likely released shortly thereafter, said the office in a statement. You see, they're playing the waiting game here in Texas, guys. That's what's going on. That's why we need elected representatives in the Secretary of State's office in Texas, because they have a scheme here, Governor Abbott, Rhino does. Secretary of State, State Scott is his fifth or sixth Secretary of State. Per the Texas Constitution, the Secretary of State should serve the same number of years in the same term as the governor, which means one Secretary of State every four years before they're up for re-election. Okay, never mind the midterms, right? That's not Texas, right? So... Tell me why we've had about 48 to 50 governors in Texas and we've had over 113 Texas secretaries of state. If that office is not broken, it's just about to be and we need to fix it or we need to do something to get that thing straightened up. Okay, secretaries of state office, ladies and gentlemen, particularly if you are in a state or a commonwealth where it's appointed, I would suggest you remedy that immediately, as quick as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, they need to be elected, okay? That way the citizens can take care of them. And when given the right and accurate information, citizens quite often do take care of it, ladies and gentlemen. Article concludes, 
To be honest, it has taken a little longer than what we expected, but I think that they have done multiple document requests and multiple site visits at some of these locations. I don't know who they're talking about. This entire audit has not been a transparent process, ladies and gentlemen, for the state of Texas. So who is doing um, document requests? Who's doing site visits? I have no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know. It's not, it's not transparent. Election scrutiny has changed laws across the country and lowered the number of people willing to volunteer for elections. Oh, has it? Wait until the midterms. In a January 6th hearing, volunteers shared how their lives have been changed because of aggressive backlash. Ruby Freeman! Andrea Shamos, shame on you, Texas Tribune, for uttering the name Ruby Freeman in your article. You know, I'm telling you, whether it's international, whether it's national, or whether it's local, you really, really, really need to pick up on your context clues when you're reading certain articles at certain venues from certain outlets. Because the local... They are just as furious with their deep state globalist crap as the international. And it's only that independent alternative that can cut through the BS and uh, curate the news as it should be read. Mm -hmm. So uh, article concludes Texas audit will end a full year after it started, but fighting misinformation about election fraud will likely continue much longer. Brava, brava, Secretary of State Office Scott, you've done an upstandingly negligent job in my opinion. And all right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this uh, afternoon's edition of Lone Star News. I hope you guys enjoyed the show, particularly if you're Texas folk. Texas elections. That was today's focus. Uh, we'll talk. I did plan to talk about the Uvalde report that just came out. I think it's very important that that does get discussed. We won't do it here today. Perhaps we'll do it on the next edition of Lone Star News. Hey, 123SKG. Good to see you. Hope you all have a great afternoon. Skeeter Burke, 123SKG. Tam Gural, D Patriot 1776. My ladies, all in the house. As well as Snithers SG, if you're still there, real, 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 uh, and others. And if you're joining us at Rumble or Cloud Hub, I apologize. I cannot get to the chat today. We will be back a little later on this evening, uh, probably long about 7.30 p.m. Central for the next edition of The Sea Report. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, join us, why don't you? We've got a pretty interesting episode in line for you guys tonight. And I have a graphic I am trying to finish making before then, just to drive the point home. Today's a busy day. If you uh, like what you see here at Mr. CTV, if you don't mind the scratch of my voice or the shape of my skull, ladies and gentlemen, we will have Lone Star News. Uh, what, what, what we, we just finished Lone Star News. We will have the Sea Report tonight, long about 7.30 p.m. And we will also have a brand new edition of This Is News from uh, the Speak Uneasy, you can catch that live at pill.net, the foxhole.app, or at this very Mr. CTV Rumble channel. You get three times the C today. 
I hope you guys are having a great afternoon. Go get yourselves a great dinner or a great lunch wherever you are and come right on back in for the sea report. We will have an episode I'm sure you will not want to miss. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. C signing out from Lone Star News here in the heart of Texas. We will catch you next time. Have a good night. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you at 730. Bye-bye. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Though victory is proof of the skills you possess, defeat is the proof of your grit. A weakling can smile in his days of success, but at trouble's first sign, he will quit. So the test of the heart and the test of your pluck isn't skies that are sunny and fair but how do you stand to the blow that is struck and how do you battle despair a fool can seem wise when the pathway is clear and it's easy to see the way out but the test of a man's judgment is something to fear and what does he do when in doubt and the proof of his faith is the courage he shows when sorrows lie deep in his breast it's the way that he suffers, the griefs that he knows, that bring out his worst or his best. The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many who serve when the victory's near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It's the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It's the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory's nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin. Unless it is proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win.